Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners. Thank you for joining me today for another fabulous episode on our growing podcast, The Freedom Challenge Online. If you've been listening the last few episodes, then you have heard some remarkable women talk with me about their health, wellness, personal transformation, and the stewarding of what I would call the whole self, body, mind, and spirit. It was such great content that I thought, you know what, we need to keep going deeper into this whole thing. And it became very clear that I would invite a dear and deeply treasured friend, longtime friend, Kathy Hartley, who is a powerful Bible teacher. And she's going to begin to crack open the symbolism of the tabernacle and how it connects to us humans image bearers made in the likeness of God. Kathy and I try to talk mostly like once a month via Zoom, and she lives in Illinois. And a few months ago, we were chatting and she filled me in on this teaching she was developing and that she has recently taught. And I just found it fascinating from a theological perspective and asked if she would share her insights with us on this podcast. So ladies, we need two episodes to really dig in and unpack all that she has learned and studied. And really, I'm encouraging you to buckle up because we're in for a challenge and there will be, as there was for me, a lot of aha moments. So Kathy and I met many, many years ago. And again, I'll let her share about that wild journey and our history, whatever she graciously wants to share. Um, we have much history together, but she she really is a treasured gift to me, and I guarantee you she will be to you as you spend time the next couple of weeks listening to what the Holy Spirit has revealed to her in Scripture as she has diligently studied. So, Kath, thank you for joining me today. Introduce yourself, share a little bit about your family, how you spend your time, and maybe some passions in your life from day to day. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm not sure that there's anything that I could graciously share about our past, (laughs) um, because we have certainly been down some roads together, and it's it's been a good journey, an intense journey, so much learning. I've learned so much from you, Tracy. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me to to do this today. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm from the Midwest, of course, Illinois. Some people put an S on the end of that. There is no S on the end of that. Hey, don't call me out. Don't call me out. I live with my husband of 42 years, John, and my little white furball girl, Zoe. 
Um, I was in vocational ministry for many years, and now ministry is my avocation. Um, I'm, I just, I love to teach people about the things of God. I love it. Um, some of the things that I like to do, I love to garden. I love to, I actually, some people think it's funny. I love to get my hands muddy. I love to get my hands dirty. Um, mm. I, I have been known to brag about the fact that I have 70 tomatoes on my tomato plants this year. Brag is, worthy, my friend. Brag worthy. <laughs> it is going to be a bumper crop of tomatoes. Um, so that's a big deal. I go out every day and just kind of count my little tomatoes. How many tomatoes mm. do I have today? It's pretty exciting stuff here in Illinois. It is. Um, it is. Another thing that I love to do is what I call meaningful chatter. And that just means that I like to meander in talk with people that we can get to the things that matter. We, I love to talk of meaningful things and it can be in so many different aspects, but I just love with, without any intention or any set agenda, just to, just to meander the path of, of chattering and talking. And I learn so much from other people when I do that. Um, another thing that I am very involved in these days and love to do is soul care. I am having the privilege of working with various women across the United States to help them um, dig in the garden of their soul. Oh, I guess that's still a type of gardening, huh? Yes, and it is. So they're digging their soul to remove any hindrances and mindsets, um, soul wounds, damages, um, things that they've come to believe that are hindering the, the mm. flow of God's life in them. And that's, that's really rewarding. So I'm doing a lot of that these days and I, and I, I love it. I love it too, because I've sat on the other side of you digging around in my soul and, I, and gardening and, um, you know, I think we have another podcast that we'll need to do about gardening because um, my mom, who maybe some of you know or have heard her with me, she's a, a recent widow and we're building her a house on our property and we've really talked about doing a garden together. So I think I might need so to hear more fun. about how you're getting 70 tomatoes in your Yes. Bones. Yes. You know, and Kathy, you and I, we really do have um, a longstanding history, and that would be through the connection of serving together at two local churches, one in Northern California. And everyone, this woman and her husband, who she calls John Boy, who she introduced at John as John, (laughs) moved to San Diego to be a part of this dream that we all had to start a community in this area all those years ago. And so we just have so many experiences, shared experiences. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that every time we come together, it feels like we're just taking off from the last. And that's a very, very special thing to have in a friend. So I'm glad you're here. Yes. Thank you. All of you you. who are listening today, you should know that although uh, Kathy has not been on a freedom challenge, she is definitely a freedom sister. Her heart echoes what Freedom Challenge is all about, so much so that the parallels of this teaching 
and how they connect to body, soul, and spirit, and the way that God intended us to live in that way. She's going to share so much more valuable teaching on that. Um, Just fit with what we do. And by way of reminder, what do we do? You know, we are women who care deeply about children and women and children all over the world who have not been given um, authority over their own body. They no longer have choice to um, do what they would want to do, what they're designed to do. And so we raise funds and awareness for ministries that are on the front lines of rescuing and restoring the oppressed preventing and disrupting the cycle of poverty that leads to modern day slavery and then developing women with personal and economic empowerment. And so your teachings that you're really going to bring to us really interconnect the whole body, soul, and spirit realm. And I'm excited for you to unpack those with us. So Kath, would you just start with, you know, what is the background of this teaching and how did you become so passionate about it? Okay, sure. Um, if I may, I'd like to give a thought about freedom challenge and, and the participants, um, if that's okay. Yes. Um, okay, this, as I was thinking about this, there was a word that came to me and that was the word champion. Okay, and not champion as like a winner of gold medals, but the fact that the people that participate in Freedom Challenge are championing or fighting for those that can't fight for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, And this fight takes great strength, spirit, soul, and body. And this teaching is about accessing divine strength. Because as I have watched, I can see that women are going beyond themselves. And that takes divine interaction. And that's just such a great thing. And that's what this is. Um, I have always been sort of taken with the concept of being a vessel fit for noble use. Right. And um, there's that, you know, that song, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Well, that's been one of my one of my songs, you know, as I it's been one of my cries, actually, to God to would you prepare me to be a sanctuary for you? Well, I, I started singing that many, many, many years ago, not knowing where God would take it. But isn't it interesting how he hears our prayers even beyond what we know we're praying and mm-hmm. answers them? And that's what this is. This yeah. is this teaching is about um, being a sanctuary for the presence of God. And so it has just been good. year after year it's grown. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, and really to to your point about the sanctuary and our bodies, I mean, I call it a little earth suit, you know, like mm-hmm. our little, all that valuable treasure that you're talking about, the soul and the spirit and all, is in these little earth suits. Yes. And ladies, um, off topic here, Kathy just recently wrote a book, which you can find in the show notes, that is connected, but 
not, but really it, it's called the fellowship of the pots, right? Did I get that right? Yes. yes. And uh-huh. it really is about the vessel and yeah. the vessel that holds, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different take on this teaching, but I'd encourage you to check that out because it's a new book. And you, as you'll hear, Kathy is a fabulous Bible teacher. So let's buckle up. And I want you to give an overview of what we're going to be talking about these next two episodes. Um, Give us some insight to what we will be learning. Okay. Um, First, this, this is probably the basis for all of this is a scripture that comes in 1 Corinthians 6. It's verses 19 and 20. And this is what it says. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Well, when you start from that scripture, you have to first look at what is the temple or the tabernacle. And that's what we're going to do in this first episode. We're going to look at the tabernacle in the wilderness. And as I began to look at that, I began to discover some fascinating truths about it. So the first episode, we're going to talk about that. And then the other, the other it's interesting because where it says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? That word temple is actually the Greek word naus, Mm. and it means specifically the holy place and the holy of holies. So our body holds the holy place and the holy of holies. Mm. And God has given me revelation about the very real truth of of those things. And so that will be episode two, where we'll begin to talk about those things. Ladies, we're in for a treat. It's like bringing rich theology to some of this language we often hear in the church, but we Mm. haven't really gone into. Like, what does that mean for my life? And it is fascinating when we start bringing in like this whole council of scripture, weaving together these types and these pictures and how intentional God was with all of that. And so it's going to be a good ride. So, okay, start. Let's say more. Give us the (laughs) meaning of this 1 Corinthians 6 and Let's keep um, going. And ladies, you know, I really do encourage you to jot down a few little notes. You know, if there's something that you're like, I want to know more or question mark or look that verse up, we will have some of the reference scriptures in the show notes, but there's something about pen to paper when you're listening to Kathy unpack this that will help you reference back to any of the questions or things you want to go a little deeper, even still on. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, so if we're going to understand 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, we have to look at the tabernacle in the wilderness. Or the, it, and there's, there were various places where God met with his people, and the tabernacle was one of them. But here's what we need to understand. It was always God's plan to dwell with his people. Hmm. Always. Uh, it, it, that is a, a relatively recent revelation for me. I mean, I kind of knew it. 
I mean, I've been around the things of God and around the church and around his people for, for so, so many years. But mm-hmm. to actually accept the truth, he always wanted to live with us. And in the it, going back to the garden, it was always his plan. In the Old Testament, in this tabernacle in the wilderness, we see God's invitation into his presence in actual physical form. I want you to see this tabernacle as like an, a God extending an invitation to us to come into his presence. The interesting thing about this, it's, it's laid out in the book of Exodus. Well, actually, there are 50 chapters in the Bible that talk about various aspects of the tabernacle. 50 mm. chapters. That wow. seems like it's something that we should pay attention to. Approximately, right? 50 chapters. 50 chapters. Okay. Approximately... 1300 years before Jesus was born, God clearly laid out the plan of salvation through Jesus, and it's exhibited in the tabernacle in the wilderness. Okay. Wow. God. Is, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Trace. No, oh, no, you keep going. I just, you know, like those pause moments. It's just. Can you just say that again? Because yes. that's worth yes. repeating. I, I want yes. us to hear what you just said. Yeah. Approximately 1,300 years before Jesus was ever born, God laid out the plan of salvation through Jesus, and it's shown in the tabernacle in the wilderness. And we're going to see that as we continue. Um, God gave very exact building instructions to Moses for the building of the tabernacle. It was very exact. His measurements were built exactly this way. Use exactly this measurement, exactly this, um, this building material, do exactly this for everything having to do with the tabernacle. Um, I began to ask the Lord, okay, why? Why were you, why did that matter so much? Why were you so exact? It's kind of interesting to me because I, you know, I did what every great Bible student does. I Googled that question. <laughs> and and the, what I saw this person answer the question, and it was supposed to be this expert on the tabernacle. And he said the, the exact measurements were given because God wanted them to build the building right. <laughs> and I, I, um, yes, I think that he probably did, but why, why there's nothing wasted with our God when he does something with a, a plan and a purpose, there's always a higher purpose to it. Mm-hmm. And this building of this tabernacle was built to house God's presence as, as the Israelites traveled through the wilderness. Okay, and even even for some years after entering the promised land Hmm. and every aspect of the tabernacle points to Jesus, which is the only way into God's presence. Uh, 
I mean, just, yes. <laughs> Sometimes we read these chapters. You know, I try to be in the discipline of reading script, you know, the, the front to back scripture as part of my disciplines. And, you know, I have to be honest. Sometimes when we go through all of these I don't want to say boring because you just <laughs> will bring a complete rebuke to that based on what you said. But I mean, how practical is God? He wanted it to be built yes. right, yes. but also he wants us built right. Yes. And there's all of this imagery. And so, you know, you can look at it and go, why does this even matter to me? And what does this have to do with the greater story and this insight you are presenting about the tabernacle foreshadowing Jesus I mean, just keep talking about this whole thing and coloring this picture in. I, we want to just hear more. Okay. This, it was these understandings that um, drew me into this tabernacle so deeply and so profoundly. The very first thing I discovered was this. Explicit direction was given as to how the tribes of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel, were to camp around the tabernacle. Hmm. Remember, the tabernacle was for traveling. So when they they would be they would be traveling in the in the desert, they would pack it all up and they would they would go on their way and then they would get where they were going to camp and they would set it all up. Well, the tribes were to camp in very specific places. Hmm. So 12 tribes and each, they were grouped in groups of three, hmm. right? And each group of three had a dominant or a leader tribe. Mm -hmm. And the groupings of the three were to camp under the banner or the standard of the dominant tribe. Okay. Does, is that clear? Yes, they would. Very clear. They would display the smaller flags of of their immediate families, but the the dominant banner, the dominant flag that they would camp under, would be of the leader tribe. Mm -hmm. Now, as the tabernacle was set up, the gate to the tabernacle was on the east, and to the east were the tribes of Issachar, Judah and Zebulon. Hmm. Okay. Those were the three that were, were, were camped in front of the gate. The dominant tribe there was the tribe of Judah. So they were all grouped or around the banner of the tribe of Judah. And the banner for the tribe of Judah was the picture of a lion. In order to enter the gate of the tabernacle, you had to go past the lion of the tribe of Judah. I mean, just stop and pause. <laughs> if you don't know who the lion of the tribe of Judah is, we just talked about it, the prophecies that were talked about the forecoming of Jesus. And so what I hear you saying is that you can't even get in unless you go through that gate through True. the gate of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Is that There's what you're saying? One one gate. There is no other gate. I can't sneak in the back. I can't nope. lift up the, the you know the, nope. the tabernacle wings and just kind of crawl in. Not happening. Nope. One gate. 
and you have to go past the lion of the tribe of Judah to get there. For those of you who don't know, like lion of tribe of Judah and the one gate, I, I just want you to stop and pause. You got some work to do on the one entrance to the kingdom of Jesus and understanding who that is. So if you don't know those words, put it on the little list I just talked to you about. Look it up. Do a little study. Five, five. It's in yes. Revelations 5, 5, Trace. Very, well, you I gave him the answer. I kind of wanted him to have to Google it. Oh, I'm look. sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, she's try, she's try, she's spoon feeding you, ladies. Come on. I'm going to make you work a little more. It's the freedom challenge. Okay, keep going. We're on okay. the edge of our seats. You know, okay. just keep talking about how this is relevant to today because I just heard you tell me that the only way into this Old Testament tabernacle meant for the dwelling of the people of God is through the lion of the tribe of the Judah gate. Right. That's what I heard you say. Meant for the entrance to the presence of God. That we have to keep in mind that the, that the, the goal or the whole focus of the tabernacle was the presence of God. Hmm. And we'll get there. Let's keep going. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So once you've come past the lion of the tribe of Judah, there are three areas in the tabernacle, right? Okay. And the first one is the outer court. And the outer court was accessible to anyone, hmm. right? The, and the first thing that you encountered in the outer court was the altar of sacrifice, and we all know that Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Right? Whew. So the very first thing is the sacrifice. The next thing that was encountered was a bronze laver, or it was a big brass bronze bowl that held water for cleansing. Hmm. A little bit interesting thing about the laver is that there were no dimensions given on the laver. And Hmm. some people have hinted that this might indicate that there is no measurement of God's cleansing power. It is endless. There can be no, there can be put no measurement on God's cleansing power. Wait, I gotta pause you there because okay. there's just two things here. Like, okay, just taking that in, Kathy, mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. get so hung up. Anyone could come into this court, but they could only get there one way. Yes, and then there's mysteriously no measurement on right. the cleansing apparatus. Labor. Wow. Here's the other thing I want you to see. There's two things about this that I want you to see. And if, I, if I'm pressing too quickly, let me know. But this is what I need you to see. Is that only the priest could go beyond the altar of sacrifice. Hmm. And once we have received the sacrifice of Jesus into our lives, we then become 
a royal priesthood, which then allows us to go further into the tabernacle. Mm. The other thing that is big is that the sacrifices first and then the cleansing. Many, many people think they have to get it all cleaned up and get it all cleansed and then they'll come to Jesus. No. You we get come that to mixed Jesus. Up. Yes. We come to Jesus, we receive his sacrifice, and then he does the cleaning. Then comes the cleansing. With no measurement. No measurement. Hmm. Isn't that great? No measurement. Yes. So great. Okay. Okay. So that's the outer court. The next thing that we encounter as we continue into the tabernacle is the holy place. Okay. Three specific areas, outer court, holy place, holy of holies. Right. In the holy place, there are three pieces of furniture. The first one is the table of showbread, right? It's also known as bread of the presence. And we know that Jesus is the bread of life. Hmm. Jesus. Yes. To the left, there is the golden lampstand. And we know that Jesus is the light of the world points to Jesus. And then the next thing that we see is the altar of incense. And that indicates both the prayers of the saints and Jesus as our intercessor. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Mm. To go to God on our behalf. He ever lives to do that. All of these things point to Jesus. All of them. It's breathtaking. Isn't it interesting? Mm -hmm. The next thing, so we're just going to keep going here. By the way, there is so much more about the tabernacle. When I tell you that we are barely scratching the surface. I mean, <laughs> barely scratching the surface. There's mm -hmm. so much fascination. And I, my work is still very, very much a work in progress. There's still so much that I want to learn about the tabernacle and the feasts and the high priest. And mm -hmm. so just know there's, there's, a, there's a whole world that can be dug into here. This so is a 30,000 foot flyover. This, That's yeah, it. for sure. For so sure. that's 30,000 yes. feet. And it's, yes. we're doing it to create hunger, to dig, right? Yeah. Yes. And the digging is so much fun. I'm a digger, though. Of course. Mm -hmm. I, I like to dig. I like and to dig. And a meanderer. Yep. Yes, I'm a digger and a meanderer. There we go. All <laughs> right. It. The third one. It. Where are we okay, going the now? The outer place. court, the holy Here place. Where go. are okay. we? Yes. Outer court, holy place, into the holy of holies. Right? So inside the Holy of Holies was the Ark of, a of the Covenant. And it was a wooden box that was overlaid with gold. And the mercy seat 
rested on the ark. Mm. One time a year on the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur, you guys have probably heard of Yom Kippur, Mm. the high priests would dress all in white, symbolizing purity and righteousness. And one time a year, he would go behind the curtain. Now, he would bring with him the blood from the sin offerings way back out at the altar of sacrifice. Mm. And he would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat to make atonement for or to temporarily take away the sins of the Israelite people. And that had to happen every year, every year, every year. That no longer needs to happen. Jesus is our high priest. Jesus understands our every weakness. He gave his blood to atone for our sins once and for all. Wow. We don't have to have the sacrifice of animals anymore. Now, the interesting thing about the Ark of the Covenant is that it's different than any of the other pieces in the tabernacle in that the Ark of the Covenant points to Father God. Hmm. Everything else points to Jesus. The Ark of the Covenant points to Father God. This was the place of his presence. This was the place, this was his throne on earth. And again, he, he invites us to come. I was going to talk about it later, but um, there was a curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. Hmm. When Jesus gave up his spirit, that curtain was torn from top to bottom indicating that any of us, once we have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus, we've walked through the cleansing, we've made him Lord of our life, we have full on access to the Mm. very presence of the creator of the universe. Every one of us. We don't need an intermediary. We don't, Jesus was our high priest and he did it once and for all. Now I have access, you have access. Through Jesus, everyone has access. Mind blown, Kathy. Mind blown. Isn't it so and, good? And it's this complexity. It's like God wanted to show us a visual picture that if we would dig, we would crack the codes of deeper imagery of who he is. Yes. And the imagery in this, it, it, it's it's mind-blowing, really. I mean, mm-hmm. just the simplicity of everything pointing to the Father, where he dwells, and this simplicity of what is God even after? He's after restoring us back to fellowship. Yes. And relationship in the in his presence. Yes. It's yes. so simple but colorful and complex and 
Whew. Yes. So, I mean, I guess what I'd like to do, because we're going to have to start turning this episode over, which is like, okay, I think we could have four episodes because this is just so good. <laughs> but so, but just for today, you know, just wrapping this up, you know, okay. those of us listening, we have a lot to consider, to think about, to study, but can you just begin tying this together with our present human experience and how this, I know you're going to do this in episode two, but just how does this connect back to first Corinthians six? Mm-hmm. And again, I know we're going to cover more about this in the ap- last, you know, in the next episode, but just give us a little snippet. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read that scripture again. Okay. Because I, it's just first Corinthians six, 19 and 20, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So through Jesus, we have full access to God, to Mm -hmm. come to him at any time, right? But there's so much more because, and this scripture tells us, we not only have access to his presence, God gave us his Holy Spirit to live in us. Mm. So we get, we get double, double whammy here. He gave us his Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God through Jesus resides in us, lives in us. And that means that we have absolute access to divine strength. Yes. We don't, we, we start from a place of fullness. We don't have to grasp at things to fill us. He has filled us. We just have to remove whatever is hindering the flow of his life mm-hmm. and rise up and walk in it. Thank you, Kathy. Man, ladies, again, I, I, I mean, it, we may need to do a third episode. I'm not sure because I'm like, oh, this is just rich. And I want to thank you for the wisdom and this great introduction to the tabernacle with biblical and historical references. I am thrilled to continue on with you and to just dive a little deeper into what all of this means for our human experience, these little earth suit people on planet earth. And um, man, Kath, thank you for sharing your insights. And for all of you who are listening again, references, uh, Kathy's book link, which is not about this, but is very much connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, let's put, you know, a picture or a visual if we can find it in the show notes. Um, If we can't find it, Friends, I'm sure you can Google it as Kathy spoke and find <laughs> um, a picture of what she's talking about to sort of pull yes. all this together. Yes. This is fascinating stuff. And I'm looking forward to the second part of this teaching. Is there anything else you want to leave us with as we get ready to um, continue to dig deep with you? 
well, you know, probably as I used that word champion earlier, um, as you and your and the Freedom Sisters champion those that cannot fight for themselves, mm. I would like to champion you mm. in that I would like to encourage you, encourage us that it is time to rise up in the fullness of who God designed us to be and walk in his strength and in his power. It was his plan. He always wanted to dwell among his people. Mm. So, so good. And you know, this word, this champion word that you keep saying, all those are listening, I promise Kathy and I didn't talk about this beforehand, but we actually have a program. It's called the Champion Program. So we'll put that in the show notes too. And just because you keep saying it, ladies, check it out. Thank you for joining me today, Kath. We'll be back with you ladies to keep digging in. But until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children. Micah 6-8 talks about biblical justice. Do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.